All right, two douchebags and a microphone is here. I am Mark. And I am Rob. Okay. All right, well, let's see. Um, there was, uh, let me find this story here that I wanted to get into. Remember Ron Serling um, from um, Twilight Zone, most notably? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He apologized to Carol Burnett after her Twilight Zone episode, which I found odd when I read it. I'm like, huh, why in the world would he apologize about her being in one of his episodes? Great actress, yeah. great comedian. I'm sure he loved having her there, and I'm sure she did a great job. I can't remember the episode, but I will watch it again, definitely. So a lot of people got their start on uh, on the Twilight Zone. I mean, a young uh, William Shatner was on the Twilight Zone. He was the guy that... Uh, they, yeah, he but, was. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was cert- supposed to be certifiably insane. And he looked out, I think his Nightmare on 10,000 Feet or something like that is what they called it, the episode. He looked out on the wing, and there's some guy out there, like, fiddling with the parts, you know, trying to, you know, sparking and stuff, freaking him out. And then uh, when the plane landed, you know, they certified him, they picked him, you know, locked him up and everything. Because they said he was nuts. There's nobody out there. And then it showed the plane being damaged. So, anyhow. The original run of The Twilight Zone went on for 156 episodes. And we're sad to say that not all of them were winners for every The Hitchhiker or Time Enough at Last. There was The Bard and Sounds of Silences. I thought Sounds of Silences was good. I remember that episode. I did, too. Yeah, even... Yeah, that was the lady that could uh, uh, stop time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she would hold her ears and go, no, no. And then the nuclear missile started flying, and she stopped time. And then she's in a dilemma. Do I go ahead and let the world end, or do I stop time and just walk around this whole time being lonely? Great episode, I thought. But anyhow. Yeah, I, I thought it was, too. Even with the episodes that aren't widely agreed to be clunkers... Odds are that the average viewer watching them today is going to be a little disappointed by about a quarter of the episodes. I don't agree with that at all. Sometimes the twist is too obvious. Sometimes it's uh, too out of left field. Sometimes it feels like the writers put too big a story into its half-hour slot. Sometimes, especially in season four, it feels like the stories are too padded. I, The person that wrote this, I, I don't agree with him, but everybody has their own point of view. Discussions around the show's hit-or-miss quality are also complicated by the fact that one man's garbage is another man's treasure. Okay. Uh, all right, okay, I get that. Walking Distance is usually considered one of the show's best, for instance, but I've always found that the entries non-stop dwelling on nostalgia to be sort of grating. A similar disagreement seemed to happen with showrunner Rod Serling and actress-comedian Carol Burnett in Season 3 in which the two creatives came away with very different opinions of the episode they worked on together. As Rod Serling's daughter, Anne, explained in 2012 Huffington Post interview, Serling was embarrassed by how poorly Burnett's episode, Cavender is Coming, turned out. Do you remember that one? I don't. No, I don't remember that one. Cavender is Coming. I'll have to look that up. Someone had sent me a copy of a letter Rod had written to Carol Burnett saying how sorry he was that the show was so bad and he would buy her a pastrami sandwich. She said something like, oh, it wasn't so bad and I don't like pastrami. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. She's still alive. God bless her. 
hope she's alive another hundred years, even though it's probably not possible. But I, I, I just, uh, classy, brilliant performer. Lives in St. John Island, which is one of the coolest islands ever. I just, uh, yeah. Carol Burnett is just one of the best ever. One of my idols. Comedian-wise, people-wise, everything. So, and that's why tonight, me and Rob are going to sing the Carol Burnett sign-off song. As we see you guys out, right? Oh, uh, we going to have to take a break so I can look it up. That's good. Okay. Complete with the little ear twist, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know how she twisted her ear after every episode? She would sing to yeah. So glad we had this time together to sing a song or two, and then I forgot. And yeah, and then at the end, she twists her ear. We're going to do that too, right? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, seems like LeBron James is kind of up in arms over Buffalo Bills quarterback. Shit. Josh Allen. I almost forgot his name. <laughs> Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen yelled out LeBron James twice during an audible in the second quarter against the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. The audible could be heard on the NFL Network live broadcast. The result of the play was an incompletion, but two plays later, Allen threw a laser to Stephon Diggs for a 15-yard touchdown. Diggs didn't do a LeBron James-inspired celebration, instead hitting Ronaldo's, uh, I guess Ronaldo does some sort of a slide. LeBron James didn't take long to inquire about it on X, which is Twitter. I wonder what that LeBron James audible Josh Allen yelled out meant, LOL, James tweeted. It probably meant, fuck you, you're an idiot. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, a lot of quarterbacks use famous people's names, and I think I know why. It throws the other team off. It makes them think about now. Why would he call this a LeBron James? Is this like a, is this like a, you know, slam dunk or something? You see what I mean? I think it gets the other team to wondering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyhow, um, that was that one right there. Um, did you know that a lot of stores are getting rid of their self-checkouts? Good. Yeah, that's what I say, too. Walmart is pulling self-checkout lanes from at least three stores. Requiring shoppers to have an employee ring up, um, up their orders, which I'm all for. Two stores in Albuquerque, New Mexico, were recently renovated to replace the checkout lanes, and changes to a third area store are slated to be finished in October. Walmart spokesperson Josh Havens told Insider, We continually look at, at ways to provide our customers with the best shopping experience that includes adjusting the checkout area in stores, he said. The three stores losing self-checkout are at 400 Ube. You know what? You don't need to know the addresses. Walmart declined to say whether similar redesigns were underway for other U.S. locations, but the company did say there is no plan for widespread removal of kiosks. Walmart has previously said it would assign more employees to the self-checkout kiosks to offer hands-on assistance to customers, in some cases ringing up their entire purchase for them. So why would you even bother? If you have someone ringing up their stuff, have them do it the old-fashioned way, right? 
One concept announced in 2020 does away with traditional lanes in favor of checkout zones where shoppers can opt for full service or scan and pay by themselves. A CTV reported in August that Walmart in Ottawa, Ontario was adding more staff to self-checkout lanes. When a separate Albuquerque Walmart closed in March, the company cited underperformance, but several shoppers told the insider that the location was routinely targeted by criminals. Police records show more than 700 calls to the store or in its vicinity in 2022 alone. Walmart does not publicly disclose, uh, disclose details about shoplifting, but dozens of employees and customers told Insider last year the company's reliance on self-checkout has led to an increase in theft. Other companies that either engage more with customers at self-checkout or don't use the option much at all, such as Costco, Best Buy, Lowe's, and Tractor Supply, have reported relatively low incidents of missing inventory. U.S. retailers lost more than $112 billion to uh, inventory shrink, including over $41 billion due to external theft. Um, you know, um, here is what I get. I think that these companies were willing to deal with it, okay, just writing yeah. off a certain percent of stuff. Now that inflation has taken a big bite out of everybody's corporate fucking uh, pockets, I think that now it's an issue. I think that 12 or 13% that they saved on, you know, they saved like uh, 30% on labor, right? And they lost like 12% of merchandise. I think that that was worth it to them back then to do that. But I think that now that the profit margins are shorter due to inflation, I think that it doesn't fit their agenda now. And I think it has less to do with people getting pissy and starting fights or or whatever, or people, you know, ringing up three items when they have ten. I think it has more to do with the bottom line, and they don't want to say that. They don't want to say, well, now it's not worth it to us to do it like this. They're acting like the conditions have changed, in my opinion. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, there, there's also something else you have to think about, too, and I oh, bet yeah. they did that loss that they're taking from the thefts, uh-huh. They they turn into their insurance companies. Great point, Rob. They're, therefore, their insurance rates go up. Great point. I bet they never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. It, it'd be like it'd be like making too many claims on your car, having too many wrecks. Your insurance company is gonna your cost is gonna skyrocket for one. And then they're going to drop you. I believe so. it. You know what? That makes a hell. That makes a lot of sense, actually, Rob. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like the tide is turning to where it's going to cost more in insurance. So they're like, okay, let's scan. Let's scrap that idea, but we got to put our spin on it, right? Right. Yeah, I I agree with you 100 percent, Rob. That actually makes the most sense out of all of it, really. So. Um, you remember um, the podcast I was doing with Topher? Um, I can't remember which one it was. I remember it was season season one. We're on season four right now. It was season one, and a lady got stuck in an outhouse because of her uh, cell phone up in a park. It was like a park. Oh in, yeah, in, Mon- in yeah. Montana. I, I just believe. listened to that one like 
a week ago. Okay, yeah. I, went, I was going back listening. Oh, cool. Uh, awesome. Um, Bagley Township, Michigan. A woman was rescued Tuesday from an outhouse toilet in northern Michigan after she climbed in, in to uh, retrieve her Apple Watch. Okay, it was her Apple Watch, not her phone, but same difference. And she yeah. became trapped. The woman whose name was not released lowered herself into the toilet after dropping the watch at the Department of Natural Resources boat launch at Dixon Lake in Ostego County, Bagley Township, state police said Wednesday in a release. First responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. The toilet was removed and a strap was used to haul the woman out. If you lose an item in an outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the contaminant area. Serious injury may occur, state police said in a release. Duh. Duh. Rob, this is two times in the last year I've reported on someone doing this, two different people. Think of all the people that do that and they don't get stuck or they have someone help them out because they have someone with them. The ones that don't get reported. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All the different campgrounds around the country, the world, you know. Somebody's sticking their hand in an outhouse toilet. I guarantee it. I guarantee it, too. I guarantee it, too. Yep. Ugh. Because where there's campgrounds, there's plenty of alcohol. Oh, yeah. And there's plenty of people dropping their fucking phones in the toilet. Yep. Yep. So, Rob. And they're too damn expensive. Yep, that's right. So, Rob, you got something uh, you want to talk about? You got a story yeah. that's just bothering you that you yeah, want to tell Okay. Uh, it's not bothering me. Well, you know what I'm you know, saying. Uh, I'm just building yeah, this yeah. up. Rob has something to say, so you guys listen. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> In sports, coin tosses are often used to decide who goes first or pick who goes to bat for the first part of the game. Mm -hmm. It seems fair you'd assume that as coins have two sides and you introduce a random element, flipping the coin and catching it, the odds of it coming up with your pick is 50-50 or 1 and 2. But researchers have crushed the numbers Looking at an impressive 350,757 coin tosses and found that coin tosses are not 50-50 after all. Really? You the odd, you could tip the odds ever so slightly in your favor. According to one team by American mathematician Percy Diakonis, when you toss a coin, you enter the introduce a tiny amount of wobble to it. According to the Diaconus model, precision causes the coin to spend more time in the air with the initial side facing up. A new team writes in a preprint paper that has not yet been peer-reviewed. Consequently, the coin has a higher chance of landing on the same side as it started. Really? Diakonos found from a small idle number of coin tosses recorded and analyzed that coins landing on the same side they were tossed from around 51% of the time. Oh, okay, so it's 1%, it's 1%, but still. 
Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder why that is. You think? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What? This team recruited forty-eight people to flip three hundred fifty thousand seven hundred fifty-seven coins from forty-six different currencies. Uh huh. That overall, there was a fifty-point eight percent chance coins showing up to the same side it was tossed. Now it does go into saying. You could, you know, it, you could angle it just a little bit, and you could, you could play with it, you know, and mm-hmm. get it dodged a little better in your favor. Yeah, but yeah, just just standard, just doing that normal flip. You got that like one percent chance. So if and they go on down here talking about if. You go into a bet, doing uh-huh. a thousand flips. Uh huh. Put a dollar on each one. You're going to make so much money. You know. That's cool. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. All right, cool. Let's take us a little break, and we'll come right back. And I have the ten best burger chains, and what burger is the best out of all of them, according to USA Today. We'll be right back. Two douchebags and microphone. I am Mark. And I am Rob. All right. Well, before mentioned, before the break, um, I was uh, talking about USA Today coming out with their uh, 10 best burgers from chain burger joints. And I, the ones that I know about, I agree with them except maybe one, maybe two of them. Yeah, probably two of them. So... The number one burger, they say, is the best. Well, I'll start from 10 and work my way down. Okay. All right. Number 10, Son of Baconator from Wendy's. Wendy's does do a good Uh, burger. If it's made right, yeah, I could go with that. I think they're probably right on that, don't you? I like the Baconator. I've never tried the Son of Baconator. It's a smaller, it's just a smaller burger, that's all. I don't know why they went... That's that's what I was guessing. I don't know why they went with Son of Baconator, because why didn't they just go with regular Baconator? Is there some sort of difference in the two that I don't know about? I don't know. I'd like to know that, but there's no way I could probably find that out, so... Oh, no, wait a second. Isn't Baconator a Dairy Queen? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think DQ is just a bacon cheeseburger or bacon double cheeseburger or whatever. Well, I know at one time somebody had a Baconator. I thought it was Wendy's, but hang on, let me look. Maybe it was. Hang on, I'm going to take a look here and see if I can figure it out.
Okay, hang on here. Choo, 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 choo. Nope, it was Wendy's that came out with the Baconator. Oh, what? Okay. Okay. Oh, I know. I knew the name. There's got to be a reason they came up with the son of Baconator instead of Baconator. I thought the only difference was one was a small version of it for people that weren't that hungry or had a smaller appetite. So, okay, well, we're probably never going to know, so whatever. Number nine, supersonic double cheeseburger at Sonic. Uh, okay, Sonic is a dual personality. It's bipolar, and it all depends yes. on who's working there. If someone good is working at Sonic, it's going to be a great meal. If you have a bunch of people in there that don't give a shit, it's going to be the worst meal you ever had. And a lot of their stuff is contingent on it being served more than other restaurants. Contingent on who is making it and if they do it right. If you have their burger patties, which are seasoned good and taste good, if you have them fresh on a bun with the right, you know, with the right condiments on it and the right fixins or whatever you want to call them, veggies, whatever, that is a damn good burger. So, I would say yes, but it would have to come from a top Sonic and not some of these ones that, like, uh, hell, there's even a Sonic down the road from here that fucked up their uh, buffalo chicken bites. And those things are good. They were real, um, real soggy. Uh. Number eight, the Western Bacon Cheeseburger from Carl's and Hardy's. Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. Um, I, think I, I, I think I disagree with that. Because I don't think I've had anything good from Hardee's in probably 15 years. What they do you, did away with our Hardee's about that long, though. Okay, was it any, was it any good? It was all right. Okay. Hardee's are really kind of going out around here. All of Missouri, the Hardys and um, uh, Carl Juniors in uh, Oklahoma seem to be doing really well. I don't know of any of them that went under. But all the Hardys around Kansas City and you know, Lake of the Ozark, all that area, they seem to all be going under. And I yeah. don't know if it's bad recipes, bad, uh, bad quality, or bad help. But that I'm, I don't think that that is, I don't think that's a number eight myself. Number seven. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm pretty sure they're franchises. Okay. Then maybe wherever uh, this, maybe wherever USA Today got this, maybe they have better ones there. I don't know. So, anyhow, number seven, and I disagree with this, Vietnamese. Uh, I just, I, um, I could not disagree with this more. The Whopper from Burger King. Their their stuff is all okay. Every Burger King that I've went to around Kansas City area, to me, it was burnt up by that gas grill. Just yeah. burnt up, and then half of the toppings aren't even on there that you want. Everything I mean, it's just nasty. They'll put like too much ketchup, hard hardly any mayo. The the onions aren't fresh. I mean, just everything that that a Whopper is known for. Just uh, has not been that good. Right. Um, number six, I could agree with. The double-double from In-N-Out is a damn good sandwich. And very good. Never had it. 
Okay, it's good. It's really good. Um, take my word on it. Out of all the Burger Chain. Oh, I will. Okay. Will. Number five, and I agree with this. Maybe it should be a little bit lower than this. The Butter Burger Cheese Double from Culver's. Okay. I, I love the Butter Burgers. I think they're great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're very good. So I'm going to say they hit dead on with that one. The next one, I agree with too. But it has to be a double meat Whataburger. The regular Whataburger is good, but there's something about the double meat with the cheese in the middle of it. And um, me, they put mustard on them. I like a little bit of ketchup on there too, ketchup and mustard. But a lot of people eat them just traditional with just the mustard on it. A lot of people put mayo on them. But to me, a double meat Whataburger with just a dab of ketchup with that mustard on it is one of the best burgers, definitely one of the best burger chain burgers around. Really good burger. And also, they're really not that expensive for all the food that you get. So, um, the next one, number three, is Cheeseburger from Five Guys. I, I've never been a Five Guys fan. To me, they're greasy and just not that good. But Never tried them. Okay. Um, I don't know. A lot of people like them, so it might just be be me. Next time I'm up there, I'll try one. Yeah, yeah you know what? We'll go to one. So, And there's a couple of barbecue joints uh, that we need to go to, too, when you come up here. Yes, yes. Yeah, there are a couple of ones that I know you don't know about because they popped up after you left. I'm and, ready for some hometown barbecue, baby. Good, good. Number two, the Papa Burger from A&W. Now, I, there's not an A&W around here anymore that I know of, but that Papa Burger used to be good because they used to have that uh, that bun. I forgot what kind of bun it was. It's really soft. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but the Papa Burger was really good. So I could see if... I don't know about number two, maybe a four or five. Bring the double meat down there and maybe the butter burger in front of it. Maybe the double dubber, double double from in and out. But I think the uh, Papa Burger is good, but maybe not place that high. The number one, the barbecue rodeo burger from Burger Fi. Now, I've never had one, but everybody I know that's had a Burger Fi burger says they are the best around. So I have no doubt that that's number one, and it is that good. So like I said, I don't, ha- I don't have any personal experience with Burger Fi, but I know enough people that have that love the place and swear by it, so I'm going to say they're probably right on that. So, anyhow, very good. Very good. All right. Thank you, USA Today. So, Rob, you got anything uh, you want to uh, add here or anything, or you want me to go ahead and go to another story? Um, yeah, I, well, I got another story, too. Okay. Do you, do you want to do it right now, or you want me to go into something? Whatever you want to do, buddy. All right, let's do this one real quick. A flight from Guadalajara to Mexico City was delayed more than two hours due to a mosquito infestation aboard the plane. Valera's flight VO-11221 was scheduled to depart at 4.30 p.m. local time, was delayed until 6.59 p.m. while the flight's crew and passengers attempted to get rid of the insects. You ought to see the pictures on this. 
a quarter of the plane was it was so dark in there from the mosquitoes that you couldn't see the seats. Isn't that fucked yeah. up? Yeah. Video recorded by passengers shows the mosquitoes being swatted by passengers and sprayed with bug spray by flight attendants. <laughs> I didn't. Wow. It, it, it's total chaos, dude. When you see it, you'll be like, oh my god. Passengers aboard the flight said that the mosquitoes dissipated once the flight uh, once the lights were uh, turned off in the passenger compartment. Guadalajara International Airport is located amid. Uh, amid heavy vegetation and frequent floodwaters, making an ideal mosquito breeding ground, officials say. So, yeah, if if you get a chance, look up the video from that. It's funny. I wouldn't want to be there. Okay, I will. But it's funny. So, Rob, you got a story? Yeah. Um, actually, it's another list. <laughs> okay. Uh, when you're looking for a bite to eat, you want to try local restaurant. These are some of the best when it comes to diner eating in the Shelby State. Okay. Which is Missouri. For those that don't know what the Shelby State is, it's yeah. Missouri. Yeah, so. Um, okay, first one on the list, the Cozy Cafe in Osage Beach, right down the road. Really? Have you been there? Yes, yes. I've been there several times. It has a, it's really good food, really good food. Okay. Uh, quaint and cozy place and the perfect spot for breakfast and lunch and the best place to grab a bite for over 30 years. Well, okay. Next time I'm down that way, I'll hit that place up. Yeah, you come down here. We'll just we'll swing in there. Okay. Cool. Uh, you got, are you going to throw your credentials have... around, being two douchebags and microphone, or are you going to go in there and kind of like throw your name around? I might. Good, good. Actually, actually, I think I know one or two of the gals that work there. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, next up, we have Penelope's Restaurant in Rolla. This cafe is known to have a wide range of menu items, and you will leave with your with a full belly. What is it now? What? I didn't catch the name. Penelope, Penelope's Restaurant in Rolla, Missouri. Hmm. That's it. Don't think I've been there, but it sounds uh, familiar. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Cakes and Creams in Branson. Step back to the 1950s at one of the best places to eat in Branson. This is more than a cafe. Grab a meal and watch a movie with the 1976 replica drive-in theater. Ooh, that sounds good. Next time I'm in Branson, I'll go there. Me too. You know what? Uh, Going to Eureka Springs, we may just make a stop off there. There you go. You know, the last time we went to Eureka Springs, we went to, uh, um, um, damn it, the Throw Rolls Lambert's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been place, there a few times. That place too. is still fantastic. Anyhow, go ahead. Uh, next up, we have Oscar's Classic Diner in Jefferson City. An another classic diner that takes you back to the 1950s with classic menu items from breakfast to lunch slash dinner. Sounds good. 
Then we have Earl's Diner in Poplar Bluff. Really? This may not this may not look like a diner, but if you're ever in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, you're going to want to stop and grab a bite to eat. One of the best diners for a home cooked meal. Cool. Next up, we have one that I know you know. Steady Diner in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Me and my friend Bob, who passed away, used to go there all the time. It's up at the City Market. Located by the KU campus, this is a hot spot for students it, looking for a hot meal on the weekends. City Diner has everything from breakfast items to burgers, sandwiches, and more. Yeah, and there's also a place right down from the... Well, you know what? There's so many. I'm, I'm, forget it. Keep going. It is a great place. City Diner is fantastic. Uh, next up, we have Sands Pancake House in Cape Girardeau. Hmm. Okay. Any place that has pancake in the name, you have to know it is a must-stop for a meal. Get one of the best breakfast meals you'll ever have at this diner. Okay. And where's that at? Where's uh, that, that at? That, that is Sands, S-A-N-D-S, mm-hmm. Pancake House in Cape Girardeau. Cape Girardeau, okay. Another one in the booty. Okay. Yeah. Next one, Broadway Diner in Columbia. American cuisine at its best. Broadway Diner is known in Columbia and the whole state of Missouri as one of the best diners in the Show Me State to have a meal. It may be tiny, but it has a big bite. Okay, cool. Uh, Next up, we have Southwest Diner in St. Louis. Okay. Get the best of Southern cooking at Southwest Diner. Most of the items are similar to other diners, but have a bit of a southern twist. Hmm. Okay. And, and finally, we have Allie's Family Restaurant in Springfield. Wow. Okay. Take, take the family to this diner if you're ever in Springfield. Open seven days a week. This diner will have you leaving with a bowl and a fan. Okay. All right. That sounds good to me. Uh, we'll be right back that, here. Al, Alice is good. It's very well known. Oh, you what? Have you been there? Yeah, I, I I've been there a couple times. Yeah, it's it's very good. Okay. Cool. All right. We'll be right back uh, in just a minute. Two douchebags, a microphone, a mark. And I'm up. Okay, just to get something clear here, Rob's little brother sent me an email yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, he sent this. Just letting the public know that 
Radrod's little brother is not dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> so there you go. I know everybody, the speculation had been in. Everybody was wondering, chomp at the bit. Is he dating Taylor Swift? The answer is a resounding no. So I could tell you for a fact his wife would kick his ass. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Rob Brad's little brother. And that's just that's how we identify him on this program. Rob Brad's little brother. Thanks. And that's it. Thanks, okay. little brother. Thanks, Rob Brad's little brother. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and wrap this bitch up, Rob. You want to wrap this bitch up? Put a little bow on it. Hello? Yeah, if you want to. What, did you want to keep going? We can keep going. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, it's up to you. It's however you feel. Okay. Um, do you know that there is a uh, Kylie Jenner? No, no, not Kylie. Kendall Jenner AI that's freaking people out? Kendall, the real... And yeah, they all freak. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I agree, but this is yeah, us. Yeah. This is a, this isn't the normal rubes. Yeah, they okay, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's an AI doing some like really weird shit that is not uh, Kendall Jenner, but everybody thinks it is, and she's battling this thing, trying to let people know this was not her. <laughs> I knew it was going to come to this. I know I starting already. Yeah, it's already starting. The chat bot comes out there and says weird shit and then blows everybody a kiss to the camera and leaves. Viewers are like like half of the viewers really think it's her or more and they're like, What the hell is wrong with her? How come she's being so weird? Well, it's not her. It's an AI chat bot that's doing it, but she's trying to get the word out that hey, that's not me. Someone's doing this shit and putting it on the internet. And saying it's me, it's not me. <laughs> we called this, Rob. I'm telling you, AI is going to be the death of mankind. You watch. Oh, yeah. It's only starting, too, so... Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of other uh, can of worms going on, too. Um, uh, what's something I wanted to get into here really quick. A lot of football scores just came back. Um, this is Sunday night. We're recording this podcast and, uh, yeah. there are no more undefeated teams. Everybody, all, right. all of the best teams are five and one. There are no six and O teams. And the reason is, is because San Francisco lost to the lowly Browns. Wow. Brock Purdy threw an interception or a couple of them maybe, and looked pretty mon- pretty mundane. Their uh, their go-to guy, their guy that's gonna they're resting all their laurels on and thinking so good, had himself a bad game. Now it doesn't mean that he's ruined or nothing by any stretch, but it means like people are gonna start finding ways to get to him. So stay tuned. Then the other one. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the lowly Aaron Rodgers New York Jets. Wow. They intercepted Jalen Hurts three times, harassed him, got in his face, made him make poor decisions, picked up a fumble, did it they even got a they got a 
they almost got a pick six, but they got a touchdown follow right after it on the very next play. The Eagles looked like they lied down to let him get in there so they get another shot because uh, after the two-point conversion, the uh, Jets were only ahead by one point. Or was it two points? One or two points. A field goal would have won it for the Eagles. So, anyhow, instead of doing the Jets, instead of doing what Andy Reid did last year in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, remember the Eagles stood back and they're letting they're trying to let Jared McKinnon in the uh, in the end zone so they get the ball back, right? Yeah. Well, Jared McKinnon didn't fall for it. He fell on the ground at the one yard line. Therefore, the clock keeps running, and we were able to run the clock out and win the Super Bowl like that. We kicked the uh, we kicked the field goal, and we won the game because of that. If uh, if we would have gave the ball back to them, they could have probably, by the way the game was going, ran the ball downfield, punched in the two point conversion, and won by one point. But yeah. very wisely, so um, the Jets could have done this, but they didn't. Uh, but it worked out for them anyhow because they stopped them on four downs in the following after they ran it in, and that was it. And they, uh, and so there are no more undefeated teams. And um, anyhow, a lot of teams didn't look that look so good this uh, this week. So I don't know if injuries are starting to catch up to them or if the playbooks are starting to catch up to them. But anyhow, Rob, do you have anything? Because I'm about out of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I got another one here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and okay, I'm guessing this game was last Sunday. Okay. And Miami played the Giants. Yeah. And beat them 31-16. That was mm-hmm. last last Sunday. Yep. Because the story says two days ago, and today's Sunday. So. Okay. All right. Anyway. Tyreek Hill's mom isn't the only person who got a football this week from the Dolphins receiver. Hill also decided to hook up the fan who tried to steal the football from his mom during the Miami's 31-16 win over the time. <laughs> during the third quarter, Hill caught a 69-yard touchdown. Uh-huh. And after he made the score... He ran to the back of the end zone so that he could give the ball to his mom. Mm -hmm. However, the pass he threw to his mom got intercepted by a Dolphins fan who did not want to give the ball up. Oh, wow. After After several other fans explained that Hill was trying to throw the ball to his mom, the fan who caught the ball decided to give it, give it up. Hill was so thankful that the man was willing to give up the ball that the Dolphins receiver decided to hunt him down this week so he could give him his own football. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. That's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, he actually did something in a good way for once. Yeah, all right. He, he, he didn't beat the crap out of the dude. <laughs> he gave him a football. Good. Good, good, Tyreek. Glad to see that you're starting to uh, yeah, yeah, uh, wise up a little bit there, maybe. Yeah. So I'm hopefully you can keep that going. Yep. And maybe and, uh, a scoring. I got a new product review. I keep uh, I keep threatening this online. 
uh, Facebook and Instagram. And I never did get to this because I kept forgetting to chill it. So, okay. it's 7 Hep Mojito from France. 7 Hep Mojito flavor mm -hmm. is not over here. They're probably not going to sell it over here, but France seems to love it. Anyhow, I tried it, and all I got to say is, is uh, if you have a chance to get it, just keep going by. Get something else. Not that good. The next one I'm going to try on the next episode is from Quebec, Canada, and it is maple sugar from the maple tree, Coca-Cola Classic. And I will let you guys know, to me, that has potential on being very good. So Yeah, that, that, that sounds like it very well could be. Yeah, but 7-Up Mojito, you're probably never going to, like I said, these are things you'll never try probably, but I'm going to give you a review of them anyhow. 7-Up Mojito especially, you're probably never going to find it, let alone try it. But if you did, it would not be that good. So, you're welcome, America. That's what I do. I help. I help. Right? Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and close this bitch down, and we thank you all for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you.